0: Turn to your Old Testament, to the book of Genesis. Genesis, very first book in your Bible. Genesis, chapter 22. Genesis 22. I do want to say this, it's good to be back. I was back last week, but not up here. Uh, And uh, I'm thankful, I'm so thankful for all the men that have uh, taken the responsibility of, of helping out and preaching. By the way, like I said last week, you've gotten some good preaching from those guys. I appreciate them being in the book and uh, looking for what God would have them to give, and they did a very, very excellent job uh, all the way down the line. As a pastor, I couldn't be more pleased, and I'm thankful for them. Thankful for your prayers as well. Uh, I, know, I know many of you have been praying for me and uh, please don't stop. I'm not exactly there yet. Okay, I'm I'm getting there, getting awful, awful close. But uh, uh, just to pray that uh, the, the strength would come back, and uh, in 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 full force. And uh, uh, this this weekend has been a better weekend. And uh, I could tell every about every six or seven days there seems to be a little bit of a turning point. And so that's a that's a good thing. Genesis chapter 22 is where we are. Let's all stand together, and if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you if you would. Genesis 22, and this is the story of Abraham and Isaac. If you know the background, uh, Abraham was promised a son in his old age. He said that son would be a son that would be the beginning of a nation that would bless the entire world and those that uh, bless that nation would be blessed and those that curse that nation would be cursed but he was he was promised that son not in his 20s and his 30s but in his old days when he was well, even before uh, he was uh, 100 years old but uh, he and his wife both in their in their in their upward years were promised a child and God finally gave him that child, and of course his name was Isaac. Then God comes along, and this is what we're about to read. God comes along and says, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, and I want you to sacrifice him. I want you to give him back to me as a sacrifice. And Abraham was willing to do that. In fact, this is a, I've entitled this message, Great Love and Great Faith because great love comes out of great faith. We're going to look at the love aspect particularly uh, this morning. But the reason why he had the love that he had was because he had the faith that he had. And uh, we don't know this in the book of Genesis, but when we get to the book of Hebrews and it talks about this great act of faith that Abraham did, it says that, that uh, Abraham believed that God was able after he slew his son to raise that son from the dead. And he put two and two together and he said, look, God, you know, and there, there's no dialogue here. There's nothing that, or it says he talked about it with anyone. But he said, God told me that uh, a nation's going to come out of my son. Then he gave me That's that son of my old age. Now he's telling me to slay my son. There's only one conclusion. If that son, who he promised, is going to bring forth a great nation, then God has to raise him from the dead. And he was expecting all of that to happen. Uh, It wasn't, wasn't you know, well, I, I hope this is what takes place. He believed God. And because he had great faith, he also had great love. Look with me, beginning in verse 1. We'll read down through verse verse 14. It says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and claved the wood for the burnt offering, and and, uh, rose up, and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off, and Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder, and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. By the way, that verse is is extremely prophetic because what what that says is one day he would provide a lamb, and he did. Behold the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, which taketh away the sin of the world. Verse 9 says, And they came to the place which God had told him of, And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God seeing thou hast not uh, withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you so much for your love, for your care, for your watchfulness over us. I thank you, Lord, for this church and for the people that have prayed for me during during the the uh, surgery and then thereafter. Uh, Lord, thank you for just giving us a good church family. And I'm looking forward to spending the day with our church family today as we as we have this service, and then afterwards the dinner, and then afterwards the service again, we ask, Lord, that right now that you calm our hearts and help us to focus on your word. We pray, Father, that you would speak to our hearts. Take the word of God this morning, and with your spirit, make it personal to each and every one of us. Help us to, to look in our heart of hearts and see how great our faith is, how great our love is to you. And Lord, we pray that you'd speak to hearts, and if there's anyone here this morning who does not know for sure, absolutely positive, they were to die today, that they go to heaven. I pray that today would be the day of their salvation, that they get that thing settled finally and forever. And Lord, we pray that you would just be magnified and glorified in all that's said and done, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. This is, a, as I said, is a chapter of great faith, and of course it's, it's reiterated over in Hebrews chapter 11, which is the we often call the Faith Hall of Fame. Um, but it's a chapter of, of great faith, but where you find great faith, you also find great love. And there was great love that, that Abraham had for his son Isaac. If you look down at verse 2, when God's instructing him, and he says, and he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Um, he loved Isaac, and, but he also had, there's another love that is exhibited here. One is stated, and it's stated right there in verse 2, that he loved Isaac. But there was another love that he had in his heart, and that was a love that he had for God. And that, that one is unstated, but it's, it's very great and it's very obvious. Um, both, in fact, both, both of those loves were very obvious. But the unstated love was obviously a greater love because he was willing to bypass the love that he had for his son and follow the love that he had for his, his God to do what the Lord had asked him to do uh, there, there's love causes people to trust. Uh, you know you, you look at this whole story and you think of you think of love, you think of faith, but you also think of trust. there was tremendous trust that was exhibited uh, there, there are no arguing uh, arguments that are given here there 's no arguing between God and Abraham. There's no questions that, that Abraham asked God. There is no arguing between Abraham and Isaac. Uh, Isaac wanted to know where the, where the uh, uh, offering was and, and uh, you know, where, the, where the burnt offering was. And, and he said, listen, God will provide himself a lamb. And then you go down to verses 9 and 10. And when they're up on the mountain, it says, they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son. And again, no resistance. You find no, no, no sign of resistance, no sign of struggle. Uh, he just, he trusted his dad. Dad trusted God and the son trusted dad. You know, I find that the greater a father trusts the Lord, they are able to pass that trust onto their children. And that, that, that might not initially show itself in the children's trust of God, but what it'll initially show itself as is trust in the parents. And, uh, and because Abraham trusted God, uh, his son also trusted his father. And there was, as I said, there was no argument. There was no, no resistance. Um, he knew without a doubt, not only that, that his father, that Isaac's father loved, loved God, but he also knew that his father loved him. You know, what, you know what I found? I found that you can do and tell hard things to people that are convinced that you love them. If they, if they know you love them, they'll take it a whole lot easier than if they are not convinced that you love them. And, uh, and he knew that without a doubt, his dad cared for him. And so he, he trusted his father. There's, there's great trust that's shown here because of the love. There's trust that Abraham had in God, and there's trust that Isaac had in his father. Another thing that we see about about the love that's shown here in this this passage is that love always demands obedience, no matter how tough it is. Uh, Love will obey. Um, Abraham expected his son to obey. And, and, uh, you know, uh, he also expected to bring his son back. He told the the servants, he said, listen, you stay here. My son and I are going to go alone. We're going to go up, we're going to make the offering, and then we will come back. He didn't say, I'll come back. He said, we'll come back, because he really believed that if he went through that whole thing, and he was fully expecting to do so, uh, he really believed that God would raise his son from the dead. And, uh, uh, but but he, he decided to be obedient. Abraham expected his son to be obedient, and God expected Abraham to be obedient. And and a lot of that is reflected if you go back a little bit to Genesis chapter 18. Just go back a few a couple of chapters, Genesis 18 and verse 19. This is something that God said about Abraham even before he had children. He said this. He says, "For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him." And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Now, he he didn't say that just because he was God. He said that because he knew something about the character of Abraham. And he knew that that Abraham was obedient to him. And he knew that he was going to be able to, not only was he going to demand obedience of, of his children, but he was going to get that obedience in return because of his obedience to God. Another thing uh, that we see about love in this chapter is that love has to be tested. Uh, it, it, doesn't, it, it, it isn't proven until it's tested, and, and love, love, Abraham's love was tested here. Um, where is your love toward God? Is there anybody or is there anything that you love more than you love God? Well, if there was if there was ever an area where he would easily fall into loving somebody or something more than he would love God, it was a, it was Abraham's love for Isaac. And that love was so great and God knew it was great. But he wanted to have it tested. He wanted to test that love. He wanted to see if his love for his son was greater or if his love for him, God, was greater. And so so he he went ahead and tested him by giving him this command. And 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 the, the commandments uh, you know are are given to us. The Bible, in fact, in in the New Testament, Jesus said that if you were to take all the commandments and, of the old testament and put them together. He said, basically, it's, it's all rolled into two. Number one, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and all thy strength. Number two, uh, love thy neighbor as thyself. It's always got to be in that order. It's always got to be God first. In fact, in order to properly love others, you've got to love God most. If you love God most, then you'll love others the way that they ought to be loved. But, but this love was tested. And, and, he, and of course, God, God knew how much he cared for his son. He knew how long he had prayed for that son. He knew how much he cherished his son. And he wanted to see if he loved him more than he loved his son. So he gave him a very, very difficult a very difficult thing to do. And of course, you know the, you know the end of the story. We are, all, have already read it. And he passed the test, and he passed the test with flying colors. But that's because, because Abraham was not going to let anything get in the way of his love for God. He was careful of that, and he was protective of that love. And, and sometimes the love for others has to be put, pushed off to the side in order to properly love God and to be obedient to God. Uh, love for God has to always take precedence. Keep your fingers here in in uh, Genesis 22. Go with me to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. And look with me in verses 37 and 38. Matthew 10, 37, 38, Jesus is speaking here and he says this. He says, he that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. In other words, people and circumstances should never get in the way of of our love for God. And, and sometimes our love for others has to be pushed aside so we can be obedient to God. Sometimes, sometimes we offend others because of our love for God. Sometimes we, we put God first and, and because we love him most, and we put others second. They don't always understand that. But, but it, it is necessary in, in order to show our love for him. Uh, Abraham's love love for God, however, did not threaten his relationship with his son. As a matter of fact, I believe this, and I believe this with all my heart. He had such a strong relationship with his son because he had a strong relationship with his God. He was so appreciative of the son that he gave him. I mean, let's face it, folks, the odds were against he and his wife having any children at all at that age. Uh, and, and, and because of that, I am sure that uh, his appreciation of Isaac was, was, uh, was great, but his appreciation of the God who gave him Isaac was even greater. And, and he just appreciated God and loved the Lord. And because of that love that he had for God, he had a strong relationship with him, and he was able to develop a strong relationship with his son. You know, there's no doubt in my mind, a a dad is a better dad if he's a good Christian, if he loves the Lord with all of his heart. Uh, A husband is a better husband if he loves the Lord with all of his heart. Always put God as number one. Never let the wife, never let the children, never let a friend, never let a circumstance, never let a thing, never let anything get in the way between us and, and our love for God. Uh, Abraham's love for God didn't didn't threaten his love for a son. It really made it stronger. And, and uh, uh, love for God makes you better equipped to be able to love others. As, as you learn to love God more, then you can learn to love others more. Um, take your Bibles and keep your finger here and just go over to Romans chapter chapter five. We looked at that this in Sunday school, but this really applies in this case as well. Romans chapter five. I love the first few verses in the in Romans five because it really it gives a synopsis of. A person getting saved and then living for God, all in just a few verses. And if you look with me in verse one, it says, "Therefore, being justified by faith, and that's how a person gets saved. We have we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, by whom also we have access by faith uh, into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God." So that's how a person trust uh, how a person gets saved. That's how you get assurance that your sins are forgiven and you know that you're on your way to heaven because by faith, you trust Jesus Christ as your personal savior and, and, uh, and he saves your soul. Then in verse, verse three, it tells how the Christian life has lived. It says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. We're, we're thankful we're saved, but we're also thankful for tribulations because they do something for us. It says, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of god is shed abroad in our hearts by the holy ghost uh, which is given unto us that love is the growth of love that we have toward god and the growth of love that we have toward others and as as we grow in that love toward god we'll also grow in our love toward others and those, those loves never conflict. They don't ever conflict. They're, they're never at odds with one another. Uh, love doesn't always appear loving. I, you know, I, I, one of the things I want to know, I, I'd kind of like to in heaven someday, pull Isaac off to the side and say, Isaac, I got some questions for you. What was going through your mind when your dad took you up on that mountain? Uh, again, there's no there's no uh, sign of conflict. There's no sign of resistance, but boy, there had to be a whole lot of questions in the boy's heart and mind at that at that moment. Uh, his father is binding him up. That means he's tying him, and he's getting ready to take a, a knife and plunge it into his son. And th- the first time that the angel calls him to, God calls him to tell him what uh, what, uh, God would have him to do to sacrifice his son, he calls him once and he answers. When he's about to commit the thing that God had told him to do, he has to call him twice to get his attention to stop him because he's so intent on obeying God. And, and I, you, know, you just kind of wonder what in the world uh, was going through Isaac's mind when he saw his father have that hand wrapped around the, the knife and getting ready to plunge it in. Uh, love doesn't always appear loving. It doesn't always appear loving. L- love is evident over time, but it just isn't always there at the very moment. And much of what appears to be love in this world today is not love at all. It's not love at all. Uh, Love is willing to pay whatever price is necessary in order to be obedient and to to fulfill that which God would have that person do. Uh, Love does the hard things during the tough times and during the hard times. Uh, Another thing about love is that, uh, that we see in this chapter is that love is willing to endure great personal loss for the sake of another. Uh, Abraham's love for God made him willing to give up his son, whom he loved dearly. But he was willing to give up a lesser love for a greater love. He was willing to say no to the son that he he loved so dearly in order to say yes to to the, 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 the God whom he loved even greater. The Bible says in in John chapter 15 and verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that that a man lay down his life for his friend. And another thing that this this teaches, and you see see something in this whole story. As I read through it, and I've read through this numerous times, as you read through the story, there's one thing that just kind of grabs you. Because there is no conflict, there doesn't seem to be any resistance, there's no combative spirit there at all. There's a real peace. There's a real rest. Um, There's a a quiet and a peaceful atmosphere. I don't think this was a tumultuous atmosphere at all. Abraham was just going to do that which God had commanded him to do, and Isaac was going to be submissive to his dad because he loved him and trusted him. Uh, The the greater love in this story won out. Abraham loved God more than he loved his son, and that that was the whole purpose of the test, was to see which love was greater. Um, You know what I found over the years? (laughs) I found over the years that... That uh, whatever you love, that's what you'll do. Whatever you love, that's where you'll go. Whatever you love, that's what you'll have. And, you know, we may say one thing with our lips, but our actions give us away. And Abraham's actions gave him away. There's no doubt about it. He loved God more than he loved anyone. He loved God more than he loved anything because he was willing to give up his son. You cater to those who you love the most. You know, where is, where is your, number one, your faith in God this morning? Where's your faith in God? And well, you can see where your faith in God is by seeing where your love for God is. In order to have great, great love for God, you've also got to have great faith in God. Uh, Abraham had absolute, complete trust in his God. He was willing to sacrifice his son, believing that his son was able and would raise, that that God would raise his son from the dead uh, after he slew him, because he made a promise to him, and he knew that God would not break the promise. The question this morning is where is your faith? Where is your love? Is there there anything that you any love that you and I have that violates our love for God? Is there, is there, you know, do we do we love job? Do we love money? Do we love family? Do we love ourselves? Do we love pleasure? Is there anything that we love more than we love God? Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, if you're saved, you're gonna have that love tested. And it may be tested more than one time. Abraham was tested here, and he passed the test with flying colors. Why? Well, number one, he had great faith. Number two, he had great love. And those two things were together. Galatians chapter 5. And verse 6 says, faith which worketh by love. Faith and love work together. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love. Faith and love work together. The greater the faith, the greater the love. How great is your faith? How great is your love for God this morning? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I ask that you would work in our hearts this morning and help us to take account of our faith in you and our love for you. You've given us a a commandment that we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, And Lord, uh, that really doesn't give a whole lot of wiggle room for anything else to get in there. Lord, uh, help us to love you first. Help us to love you foremost. And if there's anything that has gotten in between us and you, I pray we'd be honest about it this morning. I pray we bring it to an old-fashioned altar and lay it on that altar and Vow to love you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and all of our strength, just like Abraham did. Lord, this is a great chapter of faith, but it's also a great chapter of love because where great faith is, great love always exists. Bless this invitation. Work in our hearts that there is anyone here this morning who does not know for sure that if they were to die today, they'd go to heaven. I pray that you Grab a hold of their hearts this morning and help them to see they need to trust you and you alone as Savior. May they come down, may they take my hand and say, Pastor, I need to be saved, and we'll be happy and thrilled to put somebody with them. We'll take the Word of God and show them how they can know for sure by trusting Christ as Savior that they can have eternal life. God, please have your will, have your way in each and every one of our hearts this morning right now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.